You know, imagine a shark like Kevin O'Leary. He invests in so many businesses. He said that 80% of the investments that he'd made, those businesses had survived or thrived because they had doubled down on the digital strategy, including video content. He said the ones that didn't cross over, who stayed in the world of just traditional marketing, they, they couldn't survive. Eventually, it'll stop giving you results completely, and that's when you switch off and switch on the next ad with a different hook, with a different asset. When I say asset, I mean image or video and the different caption. Hello, and welcome to Digital Dialogue. This is the podcast for you if you're a business owner or entrepreneur who really needs to demystify the world of digital marketing. I'm your host, Namita Ramani, the digital marketing expert. And with me is my co-host, Reem Alghuni, your video content marketing expert. And together, we're super excited to launch episode number one, where we are going to be discussing the value of paid ads versus content marketing. Outstanding. So this is our area of expertise. So I know we've got some differing opinions on the approach we need to take. But let's jump straight in, because I know if you're a business owner out there, you need to be doubling down on your digital marketing strategy right now to get awareness or to get out there. So how, firstly, how important is that? If you're a business who's trying to reach um, or who, who needs customers to sell and are not happy with cold calling, I think you need to start digital marketing right away, which is running ads on bait media. Well, we'll come to whether it's running ads or content marketing in a bit, but I would agree that you need to have a digital marketing strategy. Um, what really struck me during COVID, I think COVID was when we saw people open up and start to get more comfortable in the online world. Um, but just to just to let people know, I actually entered a pitch contest during COVID uh-huh. that was judged by Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. So it was this very exciting moment, uh, and I did it in the US. It was in the middle of the night in the UAE time. But um, what was really interesting is I won. Now, why, wow. did, yeah, Congratulations. Why, why did I win? Why did I win? Genuinely, I think it was because I was focused on promoting video content. And he mentioned that during COVID, you know, imagine a shark like Kevin O'Leary. He invests in so many businesses. He said that 80% of the investments that he'd made, those businesses had survived or thrived because they had doubled down on the digital strategy, including video content. He said the ones that didn't cross over, who stayed in the world of just traditional marketing, they, they couldn't survive. So to me, when you have an investor of that caliber really understanding the value and, and really seeing that as the differentiator, that kind of says it all. Yep. But can you, um, Reem, because you are the content marketing queen, how do you, what are the different kinds of content people can have? Well, I mean, I'm personally very passionate about video, but when we're talking about content, obviously, you know, if you're going to have a strategy, it's everything from the visual content you create, whether it's the carousel posts and the graphics and the animations and um, or there's a photography that you add into your, your campaign. Um, but I would say going as far as just the interactions you have on social accounts, your strategy DMing people, your strategy with WhatsApp. There are so many things you could be utilizing um, in the content space. And I think the key then becomes what do you do with it? You know, whether you go for an organic approach and hope that you're able to attract an audience through the content or whether you go for a paid approach and actually target your relevant customers and hope for those conversions. To be honest, paid approach cannot work if there's no regular consistency in posting organic content. Because at the end of the day, when people see your ads on whichever channel or platform, they are going to check out your social profiles and browse or scan through it to see social proof, to see what you're sharing, to build trust, to have authenticity in your product, you know, so... It's going to come back to content again. 
Well, I definitely think, I mean, I remember back when websites first started, and I know that was part of your journey, but, you know, in order to check the credibility of a company, the first thing you do would go into Google and you check a website. I actually think that's evolved a bit now. I actually think people are more likely to go to your social media uh, pages and check you out before they check the company out right now. Yes, that is very true. Uh, not not just that. I mean, I heard recently that I think it's as high as 77% of people are more likely to do business with a company if they're following the CEO on social media. Wow, you had no idea. You love percentage. I really do love percentages because then I feel like there's a case study. There's a case for me to argue this point. And I argue it quite regularly because, you know, I often meet a lot of people who feel like social media is a waste of time. Digital marketing is a waste of time where they feel it's just for, like, for watching cat videos and, you know, fun content and don't actually realize that this is now a legitimate business strategy. It's a business development tool to help you get the conversions you need for your business, whether you go the organic route or the paid route. Like it definitely opens up those doors. Can we talk about some types of content that we can create? Yeah. So I'm, again, I'm a big believer in video content. But having said that, the type of content, I think everyone, the most Googled words at the moment are how to and how do I, which means everyone is wanting to learn. So it makes the most sense to create content that educates people, that teaches people. Having said that, entertainment is also very popular. So you're looking at education or entertainment. I happen to think entertainment is a bit harder because I think it's very subjective. Like what you find funny and what I find funny may not be the same. I have a friend who thinks everything he says and does is hilarious. And I'm like, no, not funny. You don't so, want to mention his name, right? <laughs> no, I won't do that. But, but genuinely speaking, it's a difficult one to like have everyone tick that box. But with education, I feel you can't go too far wrong. And regardless of which industry you're in, you have like a wealth of knowledge there that you can share. So when it comes to education, it's everything from like the secret recipe, I think, lies in your frequently asked questions. If you really look at the kind of questions you receive from your customers, why not turn all of those answers into content? Again, I believe in video content, but even carousel posts, education posts, blogs, Whatever it is you put out there, if you're educating your audience, then you're guaranteed to hit the mark with them because they're going to want to keep coming back to learn more. Um, so definitely looking at your FAQs is one to look at. Another one is testimonials because gen generally people connect with people. So I'm more likely social to... proof. Yeah, it is social proof. If you've recommended someone, automatically, oh, Amita's recommended them. That's interesting. I'm going to pay more attention to that recommendation than I am anything else out there. So even Google reviews, to be honest, like think about how many times you search and just seeing those recommendations, how that changes your perception of a company or a brand to the extent that you're willing to buy. So I think anything in the realm of testimonials or case studies case studies and showcasing exactly how your product or service has really helped improve or increase the benefits for your customers. So education, number one, frequently asked questions, testimonials, case studies, those are definitely some of the main ones. Also the processes, how the process of executing a service. Totally, like how-tos are big, demonstrations are big. So I often tell people like it varies from product to service and also the ability to showcase something. But every industry is able to do a how-to, even if you're an accountant, even if you're a software company. You know, a software company can do a screen capture to show people how to use the software. So I think regardless of which industry you're in, you need to think to yourself, how do I educate people by demonstrating? What is a how-to step-by-step that they need to follow? 
So that's another one. But the, the main core message, regardless of anything you do, is add value. Because if you're adding value, then people are going to keep coming back for more. Um, and that really can differentiate you. And gradually, there's something, you know, everyone knows I'm very involved in the world of networking and, you know, BNI is a big one for me. But something I learned, which applies to content, is the power of VCP, which is being visible. Being visible, 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 visible. The more visible you are, the more top of mind you become. And then that eventually leads to the C, which is the credibility. If you're adding value and people are learning from you and it's building your credibility, then they have V, 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 C, 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 C. Eventually, it'll get to the P, which is the profitability. Yeah. So when they get to that time where like, oh, I really need that service, you're going to be top of mind. You've taught them. You've got that credibility. And that's when you see the profitability come in. And that's when they choose you versus the competition. Exactly. So I think the key here is understanding it's a long game and it can be. I tell people with video not to expect anything until like video 11, video 12 is when people start to say, that video and a lot of people lose patience so I would say as much as I'm a fan of the content game if you want faster faster results then that's where the ad game comes in so for you maybe tell us a bit more about what you recommend when it comes to an advertising strategy so when it comes to digital strategy the first and important uh, thing to do is to identify the objective of the campaign what exactly do you want do you want people to call you do you want people to come to your store do you want footfalls you want to have form submissions or leads so you have a sales team or a reception desk that, that can actually call and convert these leads into bookings or business. So once you know the objective of the campaign, that's when you go to the next step, which is identifying the assets. So before that, who is the target audience? Who are we talking to? So you identify the right people. Any one product or service can have multiple target audience. Let's take an example, uh, say a clinic. They have different services. Now, they cannot be promoted. You cannot run ads for all the services. I think one of the biggest mistakes people do is trying to get traffic or trying to get business for everything they offer. You have to choose your top one, two, three max services that you'd like to use to promote online with paid campaigns. Identify the three important services, have the right objective. The next thing is to know who is my target audience. So, for example... Let's go back to the example. Say you are a clinic um, and you have a facial service, which is now facials can be variety of facials. You can have anti-aging facials. You can have acne facials. Just example. So the target market or audience targeting for acne would be different, the age group, as well as the interest that those acne people will be looking at, like the type of screens they will be searching versus the anti-aging campaign, the facial campaign, which will have women over women or men over a certain age group, again, having or browsing different kind of products and services. So this will help you understand how to have the right assets for that audience with the images and the videos and the captions or the hooks, the way to talk to those people, identify their pain points and have that in the copy and the messaging. And then, of course, the last bit is to choose the right channel. Now, there are so many platforms you can run ads on. You have Google, you have Meta, you have TikTok, Snapchat and the the options are endless. So you need to identify where exactly or which exact platform would give you the most benefit. Um, normally, based on our experience of running ad campaigns for more than, I think, 15 years now in, in this market, until today, Google and Meta are the best performing platforms for mostly all the industries. Sometimes some industries are just or some services or service sectors are good for Google only. 
And sometimes a combination of Google and Meta does the magic. For some reason, because Meta has a different type of campaign, it's more of a push messaging when people see your ads. You'll be forcing ads on their Instagram feed or Facebook feed. Whereas Google has multiple options. So you have people searching for your product or service or their problem or pain. Then you also, Google also offers other products like YouTube campaigns where people are watching content related to product or service that you offer. And you can show ads while they are watching your content. Plus people are browsing news sites or consuming blogs and other readable content and your ads can show there as well. So choosing the platform is another very important part. Now, I have a question because, you know, I went through the phase, which I'm guessing quite a few business owners go through with that. You know what? I know I need to do it. I'm going to teach myself, right? So I signed up for a bunch of courses and I sat there in the middle of the night and I'm like setting up my campaign. Firstly, for the love of God, it takes ages. Like you'd think, you would think it's like I'm clicking these options and I'm done. But I found myself spending hours like just figuring out the artwork and the caption and, you know, the different, just the layouts. And it was it took time. But the, the question I have for you is that I never felt like I knew the winning formula. It felt like, you know, I finally succeeded and I had a, an ad out there. I remember, you know, the first one I put out and it did so well. And I was so like pleased with myself that I thought, oh, I know, I know how to make this work. So like a couple of weeks later, I ran the same ad crickets. Like I had no one and I just couldn't understand. I'm like, how is it possible that an ad that did so well two weeks ago didn't do well. So explain this to me. This is called ad fatigue in our language. Um, basically, people have, the audience that you're targeting has seen the ad so many number of times that they are actually blind to it and they're just scrolling and the ad is not resonating with them anymore, which is why in every single campaign, you have to refresh the ads. However, there are times when we actually have been running ads for years and they still perform but you need to switch them on and switch them off in regular timing. So when you say regular, like how long before you get to ad fatigue, how long does it take for you to get to that point? Uh, the ad starts getting fatigued when you have enough people. So you have, to, you have to look at frequency. That's one. How many times people have seen this ad? And if it stopped giving you the results. Now, when I say results, say your objective is lead gen campaigns. I'm talking on me, uh, in perspective to meta, camp, meta ads or Instagram ads. So your uh, objective is lead generation and the ad was giving you one, two, three, five, ten leads, say on a daily basis and suddenly they start dropping. That's the first sign that the ad is fatiguing and people are responding less to the to the same ad. Eventually it will stop giving you results completely and that's when you switch off and switch on the next ad with a different hook, with a different asset. When I say asset, I mean image or video and the different caption. So I'm glad you brought up the assets because I know you've touched on it a couple of times already, but I think that's another key point. Because I often find that it's all well and good that you've managed to attract an audience. But if people haven't invested in either quality photos, quality videos, quality copy on that landing page, then it's almost futile. We cannot succeed without you. Yeah. You know, so it's like we are codependent for us. Without good quality image and videos, a, a campaign cannot succeed. There's so much you can do with stock footage. Yeah. Your own real photograph, photography of your place, your people, your service, where the business is executed. Nothing beats the real footage. Well, I was about to say, I really, I'm not a fan of stock footage, but but yeah, worst case scenario, at least use what's out there, you know, and, and make a bit of an effort with those pages. But to me, although I understand the possibilities of ads and targeting, actually, I'm just going to bring an example up that I came across recently because I I hadn't quite realized just how far your targeting can go. Um, but I, I heard about someone who 
um, was trying to target procurement managers. Um, and there happened to be a procure a conference which had an audience of procurement managers at a particular hotel venue. So they actually targeted their ad geographically to that venue and automatically they had a whole world of procurement managers now seeing that ad. So when I heard that, I thought, wow, that's smart, like the geo-targeting side of things. Have you had much experience with that or do you, do you see people utilizing that? Interestingly, uh, geo-targeting has started working for our region as well. So in the West and Europe, there are zip codes, which we don't have in UAE. So the only way we can geo-target in this part of the world is by choosing the right localities where, you know, you have. So if, say if you want to target people who are, who live in a certain community, so that's when the geo-targeting comes in place. And we are noticing some amazing results with geo-targeting campaign, both on Meta and Google. One of our clients is an AC servicing uh, and they have a different level of service. So the cost of doing that service is very high compared to any other provider. So the only way we can uh, reach out to the right audience were people living in those particular communities. And it's showing fantastic results with WhatsApp messaging. That's another thing which is really picked up in this market is WhatsApp campaigns. So uh, where the objective is to get straightaway messages, uh, this is direct response marketing, basically. The minute they see the ad, they talk to the business and the sale happens right then and there. But still in the world of ads, you need a budget. So, you know, important. Inter are there minimums you should look at having when you're running a campaign? There is actually a minimum because there is a cost of click. There's a cost of sale. So one, you identify how much you're okay to spend. Say, for example, you're okay to spend 5,000 dirhams a month. That comes to about 166 dirhams a day. Better, better math than me. Yes, sure. And then you can choose. So in 166 dirhams, ideally, you should choose either of the platform. If Google and Meta are great platforms for your target audience, I would recommend to choose one platform. Give it a proper budget. Then you have multiple types of campaigns. We can actually have a dedicated show on just types of campaigns. So say you have search, say you choose Google. So you have search campaign, then you have discovery campaign, you can run YouTube campaigns, you have to split the budget. With this minimum spend of 166 dirhams, you probably can run two campaigns with 75, 75 each. I'm talking about small businesses who have very small budget to spend on ads. And if you're a big business, you have huge budget, you can do so much. You can run different type of campaigns on multiple platforms, have different objectives for the campaign, do so much testing and trying. But anything below 5,000, it'll be very difficult to see good results. You can try. It can work. But uh, if you want to genuinely see results, I would say try with at least 5,000 dirhams a day. So a the, month. the logic being that rather focus your budget on a platform and get the mileage out of that platform um, versus trying to split it between a couple. Yeah, if you have low budget. It's interesting how you say if you have low budget and your your idea of low budget is 5,000 because I, I'm assuming you also need to keep it running for a few months if you're really going to see results or how quickly can you start seeing results? Very interesting question, by the way. So um, the results can come as fast as the first day. First day. So normally if we don't see a single conversion in the first three days, now conversion can be people fill, filling a form from your website, a WhatsApp message or a call for booking or a footfall. We don't see whatever objective that is within the first three days, we start changing the campaign because that's not healthy. Something is wrong and it needs to be fixed. So with paid ad campaigns, the minute I play the campaign, you can start to expect to see the results within the first 24 hours. Okay. So I'm going to just speak to a different audience right now who are the people who aren't ready to spend 5,000 dirham a month um, and say there's another way. You know, there is another way because whilst I understand the power of targeting and reaching that exact customer, Huge value to that. 
I think for me, what's worked is just being consistent with my with my content. It's taken time, admittedly, it's taken time. Um, but I also think there've been other benefits to doing it my way because over that time, you learn the kind of content that is resonating with your audience. Um, you trial and error, you know, you try different things and it's a bit of a trial and error process, but also you're kind of building that credibility long-term. So I, I've kind of got to a space now where I see an ad as a very functional, you know, I've got a, I've got a purpose, you know, I'm either launching a product, a service, a workshop, you know, and I need that extra boost or that extra push might make sense for us to do an ad campaign, but as a consistent strategy, at least in my case, you know, I've found that the regular consistent content creation has really, really helped because as long as you're consistent, as long as people are seeing you, then, you know, I've got to a point now because I've been consistent for a couple of years, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure ads would do great things, but even my regular posts do result in conversions. They do result in people DMing me or people clicking on a link because I've built that, that equity, so to speak. I actually for both consistency is important in paid campaigns as well as content creation. Like I said, we both go hand in hand. When you start a new ad campaign, the algorithm starts to show your ads to selected people and slowly grows your audience. So we never, we recommend, if you are a business who needs consistent leads, for example, to, to succeed and you want to have regular sales in your business, you should not pause your campaign ever. You keep running the campaigns you keep adding different ads, different keep promoting different services to different types of audiences and keep running the system. The minute you pause, you start again. You mm -hmm. start slow again. It'll take time to build up. So you lose that momentum. You lose the momentum. Plus, there are so many different kinds of things you can do with paid campaign, uh, for instance, remarketing campaigns. So people who have seen your product or service and not purchased, so you can retarget them with a lower cost per clicks because it's already there. They are pixeled audience. So it's much cheaper to show your ads to them versus to show to new audience, which is prospecting audience. Yeah. Another thing, if you have someone reaching your thank you pages and already buying your product or service and showing interest in what you're selling, you can also run upsell campaigns. So you can start showing them your other related products and services and make them buy again because it's easy to sell to your current customer who has done business with you versus to convince a new customer. You see, I feel like I do all of this without ads. You know, I understand the speed factor, but I feel like there are ways, you know, so if you, for example, have regular email marketing campaigns that go out, then you are in a position to see who's clicked and you're able to go back and contact them and, and do a similar retargeting activity. This is to your database who are already your client. Correct. Um, and then I also feel that I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where, you know, someone's seen one of my posts on LinkedIn and then because we happen to send the email at the same time, they're like, oh, is this the same content? And then you get that that click and that conversion. So I think it's it's also understanding uh, and making sure all of your content pieces work together at the same time. Um, but I, I just wanted to touch on something we discussed earlier about focusing your energies on a platform. I would say that's the same with content marketing because I've seen, um, you know, those who are fans of like the Gary V's of the world, I'm a fan of Gary V, but his content is everywhere every day. You know, he's like a content machine. So, you know, and he often says you should be everywhere because, you know, you never know you know, who is going to see you on Instagram versus who's going to see you on LinkedIn. I get it. But if you don't have the resources to churn out that level of content on a daily basis, same thing, if you don't have the budget to split it across all these platforms, rather find the platform where you know your target audience is active, right? In my case, I know that my target audience is on LinkedIn. So therefore, 
it is in my interest to really double down on my LinkedIn strategy and just keep posting consistent content on that, on that page versus trying to dabble in the world of TikTok or trying to dabble in a platform which may not give me the same result. So I would say double down on your energy and your content creation on the platform where you know your target audience is and you're likely to see higher results and you're not spreading yourself too thin across all these other platforms. And repurposing content. The, con the same content can actually go on multiple platforms. It doesn't have to be limited to one particular platform as well. So I, I learned something a few years ago. I'm sure the percentages have changed, but it made it really opened my eyes, which is, do you have any idea the percentage of your audience that's the same between Instagram and Facebook? If you were to guess, what's the percentage that's the same? 70, 60, 70, 30. That's what I thought, 70, 60, 30. That's a wide range. No, but I, I genuinely thought that, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable on Instagram. I've kind of given up on Facebook because Facebook to me is like, that's where my mom is. I go make sure she knows I'm okay. I post there every now and then, but it's not really a strategy for me. And I kind of gave up on it um, until I found out that apparently only 10% of your audience is the same. 10%. Only 10%. Only 10%. So when I realized that, I don't customize or create original content for Facebook. But at a minimum, I share the same content that's on Instagram. It gets shared on Facebook. And just that means that 90% potential of new people seeing that content that haven't seen it before. So I do agree with that. If there's a way of repurposing, repackaging, and not like, you know, utilizing all of your efforts or spreading yourself thin, then that does make sense. We love repurposing content. Say, for example, we do a video shoot for a client. That video is used on the blog. Of course, it's posted on YouTube. It's reshared with a caption on Instagram. Uh, we also share it in email marketing. Plus, when we do future email campaigns, we keep referring other blogs people should uh, view or visit in the uh, below bottom section of the email. So if you're spending so much time, money, and energy on producing whatever content of whatever footage, whether it's video or images, there is no harm in repurposing. We are using three years back newsletters of our clients and resharing or resending them to our databases because your database is growing, growing consistently. There are new people coming in the system which have not seen your old content. Yeah. So it's not, it's, it's okay to repurpose and reshare yeah. all posts. I'm trying to get comfortable with that idea because I realize even on social, like, you know, if you've grown by X thousand followers in the last two years or whatever, they don't, they haven't seen your stuff from, from the past. Um, but for some reason, it just feels like, oh, I should be creating original stuff every day. But you don't right. need to. In yeah. fact, repurposing stories. We have story bank and we keep sharing old stories. So you have so many more stories on a daily basis. Yeah. But I would say to take it even further and look at your highest uh, conversion or highest converting content and repurpose that or re bring that to the surface. Yeah. Specific content and also seasonality applies to many businesses. So whatever in the season, you can yeah. repurpose it. But please do repurpose. Yeah. There is another um, question that most of our clients have is how much would it cost to create content? Should they do it themselves using their phone? Or, you know, or should they create it uh, with a proper agency like yourself? So I think that's an excellent question. And I don't think it's either or. I think it's both. I think it's and because they serve different purposes. So, for example, in our case, which I'm sure many, many, you know, businesses out there, you have different types of customers. So if I'm working with government, I'm working with corporates, I'm working with high profile individuals, perception is reality. 
they need to see a polished professional side to me and my business. And that's where the professional videos make a difference. You know, I don't want someone to watch something which has poor sound, poor lighting. They're, they're going to be judgmental about, it's sad, but it's true. They're going to judge very quickly about my ability to do a job with them, which is why I think you need to think about who's consuming your content, who are you targeting, and does it warrant you spending the money to produce something professionally? And I often think that if you've got high caliber clients, you do need that part to your business because that's your brand, you know, that you, you're never going to see a large brand doing something cheap. They're going to have, they're going to hold their brand weight and, and film something that's professional. So I think you need to think about your brand positioning and film accordingly. That's when it comes to your brand content or, or reaching that specific audience. Having said that, in the world of digital, in the world of social media, we need to be generating a lot of content. So on that note, I'm going to ask you any idea how many videos an organization releases per month average? Well, I should be releasing 20, but I don't even release five and being a digital agency, but um, say five to 10. Five to 10. The average is 18. And most people I'm meeting, I'm trying to convince them. I'm trying to convince them just to do one a week. Do one a week. You know, do one a week, which means you're doing four or five a month. The average company is doing 18. So those 18 don't all have to be professional polished videos. I do think we're in an age where everyone has a phone. Their mobile phones have very great, you know, great cameras these days. Selfie videos work. More casual, authentic videos work. You know, get a simple tripod, a simple microphone, a simple light. Start filming basic educational content on your own. That works. So anyone who follows me will see that at least once a week, I have a polished, edited video that goes up on my LinkedIn. But the rest of the time, it's usually stuff I've done on my own, on my phone, especially on my Instagram feed, because that also connects with people in a very different way. So they relate to you a little bit more. They see a different side to you. And I think we're in an era where people want to see both. They want to see like, okay, this is the professional side and this is what you're capable of doing. And this is the personal, more authentic side. And this is the person we're going to be working with and how we connect. So to answer that question, I think, you know, budget, you know, you don't have to have a budget right now. You can start on your phone. But when you get to that point where it's important to have your brand positioned a certain way, start looking at working with an agency or upskilling. I agree. Uh, for our clients, we insist that if uh, there is a service video, we would rather have it professionally shot. But a lot of testimonial videos, which is user-generated content, we prefer raw and native. In fact, our mentors in, uh, in the West, where we take trainings and coaching from, we have seen a huge dependency or increased use of user-generated content. So mostly raw and native content, and they are producing amazing results. I believe a mix of both is great, even for digital ads, even for running ad campaigns. We need a combination of the two. Because people are different, right? They're going to see something and, and think something different, connect in a different way. So definitely it's having both. And it's okay to run ads with the same content that you're using for social media. Yeah, It doesn't have to be separate for advertising and separate for content. You can multipurpose the content as well. So just to wrap this up, when it comes to looking at a digital strategy, looking at an ad strategy, what are the top three points that you want someone to take away from this podcast and either start doing or consider doing when it comes to advertising? One, have the right objective. What do you want the campaign to give you? Second, choose top one, two, or three of your top services depending on your ad spend or budget. 
and three, uh, have the right assets. Without the right images and videos, the campaign cannot succeed. So these are the top three you must have to have a to see a successful campaign. And now, why don't you give me the top three things people should have for their content marketing? So with their content marketing, I would definitely say similar to your first one, which is have the right objective so you understand the kind of content to produce. So create content which is either educational or entertainment, but with that objective in mind so that you're reaching your target audience. So number one is definitely the content, the objective. Second is the consistency. For the love of God, don't give up. You know, I see so many people post those first few videos. And then the thing, what is going to happen is video number one, all your friends and family are going to love it. Video number two, not so many. Video three, they're going to go quiet. And then by video four, people are like, oh, it's not working anymore. And they forget that we're not producing content for our friends and family. We're producing content to attract a whole new audience. So number two is consistency. Get through that hurdle, keep going, and you will start to attract new customers. And number three is honesty, so just do it. Just do it. Pick up your phone. Pick up your phone. Worst case scenario, because I have so many perfectionists in the world who are just like, oh, it's not going to look right. Oh, the lighting's My hair's right. not looking oh, good. My hair's like, oh, I don't have the makeup on. Oh, no, no, no. All these excuses. They're excuses. And I'm saying it because I, I used to be one of those people. So I understand it very well. So I understand where you're here. That's a good start. But I understand that psychology very well, that feeling of, oh, I'm not feeling right. Oh, I need to, oh, I don't look right. But I think I've finally got to a place. I say finally, I'd say the last maybe five years. Prior to that, you won't find a video of me anywhere. But the, the last five years, I got to that point where, you know what? I'm doubling down on my knowledge. I have value. I have knowledge. I'm embracing it and I'm sharing it. So if you go back to my top three points, embrace number one. Embrace the knowledge that you have, educate people, and that will give you the confidence to start putting yourself out there and getting on camera because trust me, no one cares. No one cares if I've got more gray hairs this week than I did last week. They don't. As long as I'm giving them value, that's the key thing. Yeah, that's what is going to keep them coming back to your page yeah. or profile yeah. and hear more. So I think we've had an awesome chat today. Definite benefits to doing digital ads. I think also hopefully a few lessons if you're going to continue down the content marketing route as well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did. Don't forget to subscribe or like us using the button below. Until the next Digital Dialogue. See you soon.